Uh, but this morning we're going to be looking at the Word of God in, in Colossians chapter 4, if you want to open your Bibles. From Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, a uh, really relevant passage for us, uh, as it was at the time when the Apostle Paul wrote it. It's relevant for us today. The Apostle Paul says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the most or the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let us pray. Our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do glorify and worship you this morning, and we come to you humbly in your presence, asking that you would please work in our lives. Please open to us your word before us, that it might penetrate deep into our hearts, dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, uh, that doing its work of grace in us, that we might be drawn closer to the Savior, that we might grow in our love for Jesus, and that we might have a passion for the lost, and that we might learn to pray and learn to advance the gospel through the, through the means that you've given to us uh, through some of those means. And we praise you and glorify and thank you that your spirit is here among us, even as we, your people, are gathered congregationally, uh, your covenant people, gathered together on the Lord's day uh, to rest in holy worship and to praise you and give you glory. We pray that you'd help us to give you the glory, but that we would also receive from your grace, Lord. Some of us are hurting. Some of us... Uh, are going through difficult times, Lord. Others of us have found uh, joyful experiences in our lives as of late. Uh, wherever we are at, Lord, we pray that you would meet us here and cause us to trust in you and to turn away from our idolatries. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, want you to be seated. So, brothers and sisters, right now uh, we, we are facing a critical uh, battle. There's a battle being waged for the souls of men and women and children uh, throughout the earth. There's 7.7 billion people who live on planet Earth, uh, the great majority of whom do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. They're lost. They're in the darkness. They're part of the kingdom of darkness rather than the kingdom of light. Uh, if they were to die, uh, they would be facing an eternity apart from Christ, apart from God. Uh, they're on the very precipice of going into an eternity uh, of, of eternal torment and being separated from a loving God and experiencing His his uh, justice rather than his love and mercy and grace that we find in Christ. There's 7.7 billion people on the earth, and it's a critical battle. Critical battle. The enemy comes against us, and we see all kinds of sin and craziness in the world around us. Uh, if you've looked at the news lately, um, last 10 years, last 5 years, last 2 years, it just seems to keep getting worse, does it not? Uh, the world is spinning out of control in many ways. We see... Uh, the very nature of what a man and what makes up constitutes a man or a woman being fluid fluid uh, around us. We've seen the passing of uh, uh, same-sex marriage in our day. Uh, we've seen, uh, even though we've seen some political movements have, which have been conservative in trying to uh, help people understand that abortion is actually killing a child, uh, we see many women choosing to kill their own children. And that's very sad. We're praying uh, that God would change that. Uh, we see governments around the world out of control. In Syria, you'll remember, uh, even more re recently with the Turkey invading Syria, was the, many of the Kurds and even Christian brothers and sisters among them are being attacked, being forced to flee for their very lives. So we see that going on around us. In China, 
Uh, many churches have been uh, been demolished and torn down to the ground, literally. Uh, pastors have been arrested. Pastor uh, Wang Yi, a uh, pastor that we're praying for of Early Rain Covenant Church, a Reformed church, by the way, uh, who missionaries, Presbyterian missionaries have worked with in the past, has been arrested since last December. And so we're praying for him. But we see the world spinning out of control and all of these men and women and children around the world who don't know the Lord going into eternity apart from Christ. And I don't know if you can fathom that. I can't fathom it. When I stop to think of it, it just, it just overwhelms me to think about what it will be like uh, to be in hell for an eternity. And I'm so grateful the Lord has worked among us that uh, many, hopefully most of us or all of us here know the Lord Jesus Christ uh, because it's the gospel that will change lives. Uh, is it politics? Is it uh, saving the environment? Uh, new mercy ministries? Uh, certainly there's a place for those because we are called to be in the world but not of it. And we are salt and light. And so we participate as citizens and we uh, vote and we work politically. And we also uh, petition our governing authorities uh, for justice. We also do mercy ministries. We certainly want to love our neighbor and, and be kind to the poor and help them. Uh, as, and, and all kinds of things like that. In, in Uruguay, we did teaching English as a second language, kind of a mercy ministry. Um, and there's many things that you can do. But what's going to change the world, what's going to change our hearts, what's going to change the hearts of the men and women and children all over planet Earth uh, so that they can know that when they die, they'll go to heaven, is the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they can come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is and the person and the work of Jesus. And they can know that when they die, they'll go to heaven. They can know that all of their sins will be forgiven. And they could be grafted in uh, to the church and come and be gathered with God's people. And so the theme, I think, of today's sermon is advancing the gospel, advancing the gospel. And I think that uh, part of our problem is that we don't always have a passion for the uh, advancement of the gospel. Sometimes we do, but other times we don't. And uh, sometimes it's because we're maybe we're afraid. We're afraid of what people are going to think about us or we don't know what quite to say. We don't know how to do it. Uh, other times it's because we're very busy and things keep us busy. Uh, but we want to be uh, doing two things for the advancement of the gospel. And uh, in this passage, we do actually see two commands in verse 2 and in verse 5. And in verse 2 and following, we'll find that it has to do with prayer. And the second thing is, is 5 and following. It'll have to do with uh, discourse or speech or opening our mouth. And we'll see that it has to do with sharing the gospel with people. And so first I'd like us to take up and look at prayer and then talking about our speech. And so, uh, but behind all of this, as you'll remember, uh, perhaps, uh, as we think about doing these things, and God gives us these commandments, the reason that we want to do them is because we're so in love with Jesus, we're so excited and thankful for what He's done for us. We're so excited about this great gospel message that He's given to us that we want to bring it to people. We want to pray for their salvation. We want to open our mouths and share the gospel with people. Uh, you remember that the uh, indicative precedes the imperative. That is to say that uh, the things that are true about us in Christ and who we are and what Jesus has done for us and who he is is actually what propels us forth to fulfill uh, the, in obedience the commandments of Christ that he gives us in the scripture. And so that's what we want to be keeping in our, in our minds today. Even as we were, even if we were to look back in, in chapter one of Colossians, remember that the apostle Paul goes in forth and says that Jesus Christ is the preeminent one. That he's the firstborn of all creation. He's the, he's the ruler and the creator of all things visible and invisible. Uh, all things were created by him and for him. All rulers and powers and authorities and everywhere. And so 
Jesus is actually Lord God over all of those 7.7 men, women, and children all over the world, whether they realize it or not. Uh, and they will have to appear before him someday. And Jesus Christ says in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 19, says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether in earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So that's the message that we have to advance the gospels, the blood of the cross. But that's the message that also encourages us as believers in Christ, remembering that Jesus died for us, remembering that uh, despite all of our uh, sin and, and, and filth and that we were uh, we were dead in our sins and transgressions, that Christ came and he made us alive again so that we can have that relationship, that reconciliation with God restored and uh, we can be who God wanted us to be as he created us in origi- originally when he created Adam and Eve in the garden way back before they sinned and uh, ruined everything. And uh, we have followed in their footsteps, haven't we, in sin. And so the first thing we want to look at is prayer. And we find that in verse 2. And Paul, the Apostle Paul ex- encourages us to, to pray. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. So we should be uh, those uh, that w- should govern us as Christians individually and as a community of faith is that we should be uh, advancing the gospel uh, through prayer. And for, certainly prayer is important in all of our lives, right? Uh, we should be praying for our relatives, for our friends, people who don't know Christ to come to know the Lord. Uh, praying for our needs, that God would provide our daily needs. We see in the Lord's Prayer uh, that we, we pray for God's glory. Uh, we pray that His will would be done on earth. We pray for our personal needs this, this day, our daily bread. We pray about forgiveness. Uh, we ask Him, we petition Him for forgiveness. All of these different things. So as the Christian, uh, we should be praying a lot, all the time. It says pray without ceasing in other places. Uh, pray always. And uh, that's what we are as Christians. But I think in this context, we can even go further we can say that the Apostle Paul maybe has in his mind that we should be praying specifically for the advancement of the gospel. Look what he says in verse 3. He says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. And so that's, as a church and as individuals, we want to uh, see God opening the door for the gospel. Uh, the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote this, and so he was praying that God would open a door. Well, you think of the prison door opening, you know. So pray that God would, would open a door for the gospel, that people would have an ear to hear what God has to teach, what God has to say. Uh, we're not all, we don't always find situations like the Philippian jailer we find in the book of Acts where, you know, there was an earthquake and the apostles were arrested and then the doors opened and uh, the uh, Philippian jailer got down on his knees and begged to hear about the gospel. We don't always find that, but we need to be praying for that. And maybe God will answer that prayer. We need to be praying that God will open those kinds of doors for us to share the gospel. Uh, maybe you know somebody uh, in your life, uh, a neighbor, a friend, a relative, a niece or a nephew, uh, a co-worker, or somebody that you go to school and work with or, or work with. Uh, maybe it's the grocery checker at the grocery store or somebody that you know your dentist. Uh, but you can be praying for an open door uh, for specific people in specific places. Okay, Maybe there's a specific person in your life. Or maybe there's a specific place that you go. Think about where God might open the door and then pray that God would open the door and then be looking for opportunities where he's opened the door. So uh, we're praying that God would reach uh, uh, the town, Ramona, right? We prayed it in the service today. Be looking for those opportunities where God might give you the opportunity to plant a seed for the gospel uh, or where somebody might come to you and even ask you to share with them more about your faith, about Jesus. Uh, and you may see that. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about how to do that in the second section here. But uh, right now, we want to go back a little bit and, and remember that while we were praying, we want to do so as those who are being watchful and thankful. Okay, being watchful conjures up the image of, uh, in the Old Testament, in the ancient Near East, the, the guard uh, on the watchtower. Okay, the person who's looking out over the horizon and is looking for the spy or the invading army and always watchful. Now, if this person, this man were to fall asleep, he would be put to death because that's that serious. So you remember the disciples in the garden falling asleep? Well, that's kind of like us, but we need to pray that God would sustain us and give us strength to keep praying and to be watchful in our prayers. It's a very, it's a, it's a spiritual battle for the lives of men and women and children all over the world and uh, for living for God's glory. And also with thanksgiving. Uh, we should be thankful in all things. Uh, the Bible says to give thanks in all things. Uh, uh, the Apostle talks about rejoicing. Uh, in, in Philippians. And so here we see, uh, while we pray, we're to be thankful. Remember all the goodness that God has shown to us as believers. I mean, He saved us from our sins. He created us, gave us breath. And then He blesses us every day with all kinds of little blessings and smiles of His providence upon us and, and loves us deeply. And so we should do so with thanksgiving. We should pray and continue in it steadfastly, not giving up, going on and on and on. And the Apostle Paul says that um, he's declaring the mystery of Christ. Um, that's the gospel message we talked about, and, and you see it all over Colossians chapter 1, if you want to read that at home later on today. It talks about the gospel. talks about the person and the work of Jesus. But in a summary, uh, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He came uh, because we are sinners and hopeless rebels against God. We were born dead in our sins and transgressions, and we needed somebody to come and save us, and only God could do that because he's the only righteous one. And he's the one that we offended. And that's why God came in the flesh. To save us from our sins. And we must be born again. Because we were spiritually dead, we must become born again. And so uh, all of you need to be born again. I need to be born again. Uh, which means putting our faith in that Savior, that the Lord Jesus Christ, and coming to know Him. The Bible says that He came and He lived a perfect life according to God's law. The reason why He can save us is because He fulfilled the law in our, in our place. He did what Adam did not do in the garden. He uh, fulfilled the law in our place and did what we failed to do. Uh, when we even to break one commandment of God's law is in a sense to break all of it because then we become lawbreakers and guilty and we deserve the penalty of spiritual separation from God forever in, in eternity in hell. And so he not only fulfilled the law in our place, but then he took the uh, punishment for our sin in our place too. So it's like two sides of the same coin. Uh, Jesus was our substitute, our great substitute. And his blood was shed for us, his precious blood on the cross at that mountain in Calvary uh, in, outside of Jerusalem. And so it's wonderful and, and uh, blessed to be reminded of that great love that Jesus has for us, but not only for us, for, but for people around the world who, with whom we were sharing the gospel. Uh, God, the very loving God, is reaching out all over the world. He has those people to whom that he will gather into the church. And we need to be praying for those people. We don't know who they are. Uh, we need to be sharing the gospel with all of them and praying for all of them indiscriminately because we do not know who they are. But God will be at work. And isn't it good to know that we worship and honor and serve a sovereign God to whom we can pray and we can know that He can open the hearts of people? Sometimes, if, have you ever met a person who is very uh, obstinate in their unbelief? Maybe they make fun of God or Christians. Uh, they have all kinds of uh, sophisticated reasons why they don't believe in, in Jesus or the gospel or the miracles. Um, pray for them, because God can change their heart. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. And look at uh, heart and hearts uh, throughout the Bible and throughout history, really. 
of people who have come to know the Lord. So we were to be praying and specific prayers for specific people in specific places and uh, knowing that God will be with us, um, that he'll give us the strength uh, to, as we go out and as the gospel, God opens doors for the gospel. The Apostle Paul says in verse 4, he prays that, uh, he asks for prayer that it may make, he may make it clear. And sometimes you and I are nervous about sharing the gospel. I know sometimes I get nervous. Uh, what are people going to think about me or how are they going to respond? Maybe I'll get one of those obstinate people I was talking about and I'm not going to know how to answer them. They're going to talk about science or, you know, um, something maybe that I've never heard of, you know, physics or something. Uh, and I'm not going to know what to say. Uh, but or maybe some contradictions or supposed contradictions in the Bible. But God will give us the words to say as we go forth, especially as we pray and ask others to be praying with us and for us. So get together with your uh, Christian brothers and sisters and ask them to be praying for you and share with them. You know, I met a guy at the um, at my work, and I've been really wanting to share the gospel, but it really hasn't worked out yet. Pray with me that, that God will open the door. You can sit down and pray right then and there together for that. Well, we need to be uh, men and women and children, godly uh, men and women and children of prayer, but we also need to be those of uh, godly speech too. And we'll see that in in, uh, verses 5 and following. And uh, the Apostle Paul says, uh, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Walk in wisdom. And so uh, this term walk in the Bible typically conjures up uh, and has to do, and it's true, uh, how we uh, uh, behave ourselves around other people or what we do and, and so forth. It has to do with our whole way of being, not just with our words, but with uh, how we act and our demeanor and everything. And but and I think certainly it has to do with that here, uh, but I think even more specifically, we can think about it in terms of how are we speaking to people? And why do I bring that up? It's because this is a passage that's filled with discourse language, terms that have to do with conversation and speaking. Uh, look back through the passage, you'll, you'll notice that uh, the Apostle Paul uh, prays, asks for prayer that God would open a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ. And he says, that, that I pray that I may make it clear, which has to do with speaking, uh, which is how I ought to speak. And then again later on in verse 5 and following, he says, Let your speech be always gracious, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So there's a lot of discourse language here, terminology has to do with our speech and what we say. And so that's why I think he's talking about uh, how, how, how are we going, when we're going out and talking with people, what are we saying to them? And how are we talking with them? What is our demeanor? And so forth. But he says to do it with wisdom. So we should be talking with people around us, uh, believers and non-believers, but I think that here he's talking about believers because he says toward outsiders. Who are the outsiders? Those are the people outside of the church. Uh, you'll remember that in the Bible... Uh, there are only, really only two options. There's uh, those that are in the kingdom of God, those who are on the outside of the kingdom of God. You see that in Revelation. Uh, there's people who are part of the, of the light and those that are part of the darkness. Uh, there's the saved and the unsaved. There's the, the righteous and the wicked. You read the Psalms, it always talks about the righteous. I don't know about you, but when I've read the Psalm, I'm like thinking, well, I'm not too righteous, Lord. You know, I just sinned yesterday or this morning or five minutes ago. Well, it's talking about we, we're united to Christ and we're in Christ and we have His righteousness. And so... Uh, we're part of the righteous. We don't have to think we're part of the wicked. But the Bible is talking about the wicked. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So there's two people. And so here, Paul is especially thinking about how we walk in wisdom, how we talk towards outsiders around us. And he just started out through talking about an open door for the gospel. 
that we uh, would make best use of the time. And so we live in a, a day and age when we don't know when Jesus will come back. He may come back in a thousand years, or he may come back today. We don't know. Um, or somebody may enter an eternity apart from Christ. Maybe your neighbor or your coworker. And uh, they might be facing coming before a God, a just and holy God, without that righteousness of Christ, like as if we're robes, as it were, wrapped around them. And when God sees that person, he says, righteous, you're righteous because you have Christ. We want everybody to have that. So we ought to be praying for them and looking for ways to share the gospel with them as much as we can. But then they think the Apostle Paul gives us a little bit of advice about how to do that. And he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. So there's two things. Let your speech be gracious and let it be seasoned with salt. And so I think what it, we might ask ourselves, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by being gracious? And I think it has something to do with uh, letting our speech be uh, kind and loving and sensitive and taking into account who they are and where they're at in life. I mean, would you talk to somebody who's from the Bible Belt in the same way you talk to somebody from, you know, somebody that just got over from Africa that's never heard about Jesus? Probably not. Uh, we live in an increasingly secular age where people are biblically illiterate. illiterate. They haven't read the Bible. Uh, they don't know the songs about Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. Um, maybe they don't. Maybe some people do. But um, we need to be kind of cognizant of that when we're talking with people. Uh, my, when my grandma in the early 70s, she became a Christian uh, and started praying for me when I was a baby. Uh, she just would go up to people and say, do you know Jesus? You know, do you know Jesus? And sometimes that's great. But other times you need to, you know, maybe st- take a step back and say, uh, do you believe in God? You know, are you an atheist? Because there might be atheists around us. And just kind of start a conversation with somebody. And so we need to take into account, also communicate in a way that's uh, so that they can understand. You'll remember that the great Protestant reformers, uh, when they came on the scene, uh, the Catholic Church was teaching and preaching and actually doing their liturgy or their church services in Latin. So the people didn't know Latin, the common people. So they didn't understand what was going on. and They couldn't understand the sermon or the homily or what have you. So what did Martin Luther and some of the others do? They began to translate the Bible into the vernacular languages like German and like English later on. French. John Calvin wrote in French and in Latin. And so uh, we too ought to be thinking about how can we communicate in a way that people can understand the gospel and explain it to them in ways that they can understand. And so ask for God for wisdom for that. But all, and graciously... Um, with kindness. Remember the Apostle Peter says uh, later on in, in, in his letter, uh, he says, if, you know, be ready to give uh, an answer for the hope. If anyone asks you for the hope that's within you, uh, but do it with gentleness and respect. So we should always be gentle and respectful. Now that's not to say that we shy away from, uh, sharing, uh, the, the hard truths of, of sin, you know, and, and what it means about being, spending an eternity in hell, uh, under God's wrath and so forth. Or calling people out on their sins and saying, you need to repent from that. That God says that's unacceptable. And you need to repent. Before you can come, be right, made right with God, you need to repent and you need to have faith in Christ. And that's what you need to do. That's not being insensitive or unloving. That's just telling them the truth. Now, if you go out and you point the finger and you're being hypocritical, that's, that's not being very uh, godly. We don't want to be hypocrites, on the other hand. But we go out recognizing that we are sinners, that we have a message that God has given to us to share the gospel. Not doing it in pride. And sometimes when those obstinate people come up to you, you can ask them, well, are you asking me this question just because uh, you really want to know the answer or just because you want to win an argument? And you can even ask them that. 
and say, uh, just call him out on that. Uh, but also gracious could have to do as well uh, with the, the gracious message that we have been given. Uh, we are saved not by works, but by, fa- by grace through faith in Christ alone. And so it's not by our own good deeds that we are saved, but only through uh, the, fit, the perfect righteousness of Christ. It's a gift from God that he gives to us, uh, that he imputes to us, or he gives to us, he transfers into our account, as it were, and then we are declared legally righteous in his sight. And that's what he can do for your neighbors and for your friends and for your relatives who do not know the Lord. But then he says, season with salt. So what does that mean? Season with salt. Well, um, I think it means maybe if, maybe there are a lot of things it means, but I think, uh, most probably also uh, refers to, uh, trying to make our conversations interesting, relevant, powerful, uh, being thoughtful, how we can share the gospel with people, uh, seasoned with salt. Uh, it has the, the idea of preservation and making it salty and taste flavorful. Uh, they would put it on meat to preserve things. Uh, salt was very valuable in the, in the ancient world. Uh, Roman soldiers were paid in salt. So it's a very important su- substance back then, as it is now, even more important back then. And so we need to be uh, asking God for wisdom, how we can uh, know how to approach people graciously, but also with wisdom and with, with that saltiness that we can come across and share the gospel with them. And, and God will give that to us as we, as we seek him. Remember what James 1 says, it says, uh, if any of you lack with wisdom, ask God. He will give wisdom uh, to all generously without finding fault. He gives us wisdom. But for us, for if you're anything like me, uh, you find this difficult to go out and share the gospel. Uh, sometimes, like I said earlier, maybe we're busy. Uh, maybe we aren't just aren't thinking about the, the, the vast amounts of people who are dying every second of the, of the, of the day who are going into eternity. Uh, but remember, the gospel is what propels us in all of this. So there's a lot of command in this passage. There's two commands, actually. But what we've been talking about is praying, on the one hand, and also uh, sharing the gospel and taking opportunities to open our mouths and to be salt and light in the world. Uh, we cannot just win people over with with our uh, good works, but it's necessary that our lives adorn the gospel, but we also have to open our mouths and share the gospel message. It's a declaration. It's a message that we have to share. It's a proclamation that we share. So it's. But remember, don't feel like you have to have a, share it all at, in one moment with somebody. Especially if you know this person, you're going to see them over and over. Share little uh, seeds with them. You know, share the gospel. Share uh, things about Jesus or things about God, the Father, about His love, about His mercy, about His justice, about His grace. Uh, share Bible verses. Uh, if somebody has how are you? You can say, uh, "I'm doing fine by the grace of God." You know, <laughs> you can say things like that, and and it gets people thinking about the Lord. Uh, you can also ask people questions like directly, like, uh, you know, I go to church in Ramona, and um, you know, uh, you know, one of the things we we do is we read the Bible. Um, have you ever read the Bible? You can just ask them, "Have you ever read the Bible?" and and what do you think about it? And just start a conversation with them. Uh, or have you ever thought about who Jesus is? Uh, who do you think he is? And just ask them questions about anything you want about the Bible. And uh, or you can say. Uh, you know, I've we one of the things we do. We go to church, and one of the things we believe in is prayer. Is there any way that I could be praying for you? And a lot of times, people open up and they'll share. They want prayer, even if they're nominal Christians or what have you, or even people who don't profess the name of Christ. They'll appreciate that. And many times, you're praying for them, and they they're they're actually sharing with you specific things that you can pray for, and God will be working in their lives. And so, uh, but God. Uh, 
is so gracious. And he, he sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. He came in power at just the right time in history. And now uh, we have the excellent opportunity and privilege to be uh, utilized by God using these means of prayer and of sharing the gospel. And He's given it to all of us, not just to evangelists or to pastors, although we are given as uh, pastors and evangelists the opportunity to preach regularly and to pre- preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, every Christian in the pew has been given the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, with people that they know and uh, to share uh, uh, widely and broadly. And, uh, wouldn't it be great if God can uh, give us zeal and equip us to do that and to share the gospel and open our eyes to the open doors that He'll be opening for us for the gospel? Uh, because we are in a battle. Remember, uh, 7.7 billion men, women, and children all around the world. And if you if you go on Google and you say, um, you know, how many people are there in the world? It'll have a counter. and It'll say, how many people are there in the world? And it'll have a clicker going, telling you how many people are dying right now and how many people are being born. And that's just a sober reminder about the, the shortness of time that we have. Even our own very lives are shorter. We are all like grass, and we, we uh, like those who are uh, sprout up in the morning, but by the afternoon, we wither away. And that's all of our lives. But remember that Jesus is, is eternal, and He's using our generation for His purposes now. But it's His great plan of salvation. And He'll use us, and we'll look for those open doors, and we'll, we'll trust that God has others to carry on the torch if He doesn't return before them. Before them. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we're delighted in our Lord Jesus Christ and so thankful uh, that you didn't leave us in our sin, that you sent a Savior to die for us. And that not only that, but in the course of time, we were born and we didn't even exist before that. And yet you knew us and you numbered us and you, you called us by name, even from eternity past. And that you brought us at just the right time into the, into the faith, into the family of God. And if there's those here that are here uh, this morning who do not know you, we pray for them too, that today would be their day of salvation, that they would come and know Christ by putting their faith in Him and repenting from their sins. And we pray that you bring others too from Ramona and from all around, and that you would send missionaries out into the world, even as we were going to Belize, uh, but you would, you would raise up a whole host of missionaries and evangelists to go uh, throughout the United States and throughout the world and that you would please bring revival and awakening in our day and age. And that you would bring reformation and that you would change our hearts. And give us a zeal for prayer and for evangelism. In Jesus' name, amen.